I'm Asan, and welcome to the first review show of the 2017 preseason US tour. If you're listening on our player service, welcome and thanks for signing up. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, remember, guys, that these shows, as of 1st of August, will require membership over at 9320.com. Since it's Friday, though, and our Friday shows, once the season starts, will remain available on SoundCloud, today's show becomes our de facto Friday show. So welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to be joined by Paul, a.k.a. Damocles. Welcome, Paul. Hi, mate. How are you? Uh, tired, funnily enough. I'm <laughs> fine, thanks. Yeah, I feel, uh, I, feel, I feel a bit jet-lagged, but I guess uh, I feel as though it was worth it. I've got to be honest with you, man. I... I I had a moment in, in the middle of the night of going, why am I doing this? And when the game started, I was like, I'm so glad that, that I did this. Yeah, that's pretty much the same as me. Um, as soon as I woke up, because I set an alarm, and as soon as I woke up, I thought to myself, this is a stupid idea. This is daft. Why am I doing this? <laughs> and then as soon as the game kicked off and like we got to see everyone playing, I thought, ah, yeah, I'm with it. Yep. Well, oh, it so, yeah, it was so good to see everyone back. Um, listen, before we really get into into the game, um, how do you feel? Because obviously, I when I did the um, when I did the preview show with uh, with Lloyd, I asked him the question about how he felt about the concept of a derby in the states and playing derbies as friendlies. And yeah, I just I'd be interested to know how you feel about that. Uh, somewhat controversially, I think. Um, within the fan base. I really like the idea just because there's a few different things I like about it. First of all, we as a fan base have got to escape this idea that we own City. Like, or We should escape the idea that Mancunians own City. Now, I'm a Manc, live in Manchester, cis uh, fan all my life, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, and it's very, very hard because we've kind of set our mindset out for so many years to be like the anti-Manchester United because they were like all the world supported them but only Mancunians and you weren't legitimate unless you were a Mancunian. Now, I think it's absolutely, uh, it, it's brilliant because it, it, it's like it's part of our evolution as a club. It's like it's, it's like watching us flower almost. You know what I mean? It's like we're going, mm. uh, we're going abroad and we're playing top clubs in the world in stadiums of 70,000. And yes, okay, it's pre-season friendlies but... Those guys who live in, like, you know, Texas, and I know there was guys in um, who went from Chicago who went down there, and, you know, people in the States from all over went down to go and see City uh, over, the like, the course of the ICC tournament. And I think it's great that those can go and experience the live game. I think it's good for the club. It's great for the revenue. It's great for the growth. Um, the, and it's great that they're seeing a game where, you know, there's a bit of, I know... I know that this one was a bit of a, like, a drab one because it was our first game. Um, but generally, I, w I think it's great that they are getting to see something like that because this isn't a league game. You know what I mean? We can't have a sense of entitlement about it because it's not a league or a Champions League game or something like that. It's exhibition football and it's, it's designed almost entirely for the fans. Do you know what I mean? That, that, so that everybody can get to see City. It's like... I feel really positive about it. I really do because I feel that everybody can now share in the city fan base and just like the joy of what it is of going to the match with your mates and, you know, having the day out and seeing Yaya Torre and Aguero in the flesh and De Bruyne and stuff like that. Because as you know, you know, when you're at the games yourself, you see it in a different way than you do on TV. You choose what to look at rather than a TV director. So you just completely. watch a game differently. So yeah, giving no, those guys that opportunity to do that sort of stuff once a year, 
that's great. I, I like it. I would say one thing in that we should have had it. I mean, it's not up to us, obviously, because it's like a tournament thing, but we should have had um, either a couple of friendlies beforehand or it should have been like the last of um, the ICC games just because it's a derby and it would have been nice to see both teams a bit more up to speed with things and, um, you know, a bit more, I hate to say passion, but that's what I mean, I suppose, a bit more passion and a bit more commitment in it just to give them like a, a real taste of it, if you know what I mean. But yeah, I, I like it. Good. I, I, to be honest with you, I, I actually felt that because it was a derby um, and because United were ahead of us in their um, pre-season preparation, I, I felt as though there was a level of uh, intensity and commitment I actually didn't expect. I think it, it was, yeah. I mean, in that sense, I really feel as though the crowd out there got to kind of smell what it feels like mm. to watch a derby. I mean, Vinny's reaction to the second goal when he kicks the goalpost. I mean, it's just like that. You, you, you can't, that's what derbies mean. It means yeah. that even though it's a preseason friendly, when that second goal goes in, your captain and your centre half is just so like, ah, that he <laughs> needs to kick that goalpost. And I think that that's, you know, it was, it was cool. It was, it was really cool to see the, um, that kind of sort of intensity and yeah, I, I felt there was an intensity to the game actually um, that was really nice to see. Uh, but before we sort of get just yeah. one last point on um, like the whole idea of a US derby, um, I do feel that a lot of City fans want to have the cake and eat it, and that they want to say, "Well, we want the world to come in and support us and give us all this revenue, and make us this huge worldwide club, and all that sort of stuff, where we're going to be successful and we can afford the Agueros and people like that." But they don't get anything in return. It's like, that's not how it works, lads. You know what I mean? You, we can either have the friendlies abroad, um, like uh, opening up access to Manchester City outside just Mancunian people, or um, we can have, you know, Stephen Jordan. You know what I mean? We can have like Old City and we can have yeah. um, up and down Yo-Yo Club, that type of stuff. Um, like, like, you know, as we were in the Swales and later areas. Uh, it's part of the package. You know what I mean? If if you want to be big, that's what you've got to do. Um, but as I say, I, I'm glad that some guys over there went to the first City matches they've ever been to and all that type of stuff. I'm, I'm pleased for them. It must have been a really enjoyable experience after after watching it on TV for so long, you know. Mm, I think that the, the one thing I would say, just to sort of balance what you said, is what I raised in uh, in the... Um, preview show that me and Lloyd did, and that is just this idea that there is a there is a feeling or a sensation that when the club and the players go on these preseason tours, that the players themselves are much more accessible and are much more engaged with the supporter base because they're encouraged to by the club. And I think that maybe, just my reflection, maybe there'd be a little less sort of. I don't want to say resentment, but maybe the local audience would feel a little bit better about it if you didn't feel like when they come back, when they come back to England, that it's the that it goes to the other extreme where you sort of feel like they're closeted and you're not allowed anywhere near them. And, you, you know, you see what I'm saying, don't you? I, I, a- I get your point, um, but I would suggest that that's just jealousy. 
that's that's just as simple as that is. That's the same. Well, they get more access than we do. But yeah, well, to be fair, we can queue outside the ground and all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? And um, the supporters club meetings. You know. Oh yeah, but mate, you, but, but, you know what I mean. Support, there is yeah. there are ways that we can uh, that we can do it in Manchester to like get that sort of access if you really try hard enough. You know. Yeah, no, I guess so. Um, okay, look, let's begin by talking about the team selection. Uh, what did you make of it? What pleased you? What didn't please you? Uh, a lot to it. Uh, and obviously, I saw it at half two in the morning, um, our time. So I looked at it and thought, I don't understand it. I, I, di- I didn't understand what formation we're playing because I forgot Fernandinho could play left back. Um, but yeah, when I saw it on the pitch, uh, I like Foden. Uh, I liked the idea of picking Roberts. I was surprised to see Yaya, but it was a good surprise. Um, I, I, I'm always a fan of any team selection that's got Tossin in it. Uh, Tossin Adebario, he's he's, uh, he's he's a prospect, if you know what I mean. I, I know that he's, he's like one of those 50-50 people in that some really rate him and some think maybe not so hot, but I'm in the I rate him camp. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, it was our normal... Uh, it was our normal four four one four one. That seems to be our not crisis formation. That would be putting it wrong, but that seems to be our default formation. That seems to be uh, the style and the formation that we play with the um, the fullbacks cutting inside. That will be um, that we think is probably safe. You know what I mean? And that's what it was. It was a safe formation. Uh, Edison debut. That was, I mean, uh, that was expected because you know we have almost nobody else who can play there at the moment. I know Moritz was on the bench, but and Bravo is a, uh, well, he's Bravo. Um, <laughs> uh, it was nice to see Walker debut, um, but yeah, it was. It, it, oh, it's. I mean, you could pick a team selection from twenty-five, and I wouldn't have been surprised to see Diaz in there. I've been surprised to see you know anybody else in there. So it's. It, it was impossible to judge to start with. Okay. Um, in terms of the the way that that first half played out, uh, what what impressed you? And conversely, what were you not so impressed by? Mm. It's a tough. It, it it it's tough to draw any sort of real conclusions from that type of match. I felt that of course the intent. I'll tell you what did impress me actually. To be honest, it impressed me that. Everybody in the team, and it shouldn't impress me this because it's normal now, but it impressed me that everybody in the team seemed to understand what their job was in that style and formation of play. Do you know what I mean? There was no teething problems. Everybody got it. Yeah. Um, and I thought I, I was impressed with our stupid layers, uh, considering the goals, but I was impressed with our defensive organization, with how narrow and tight we got when we were defending. Um, I'll come on to individual performances in a minute. Uh, but in the first half, yeah, it it was. I felt it lacked intensity. To be honest with you, I felt that this was very much a a preseason game, and you could tell that it was our first, and it wasn't their first. If you know what I mean, uh, there was a little bit of. I hate to use the word sharpness because it's such a cliche. Uh, let's call it concentration. They had a much better um, focus than we did uh, on every single thing that they were doing. Uh, I thought that Walker uh, played particularly well and there was more than a few times where he was up against uh, Rashford and, I mean, Twitter blew up every time, every time like he was tracking runs from Rashford. It's like, oh my God, we've got a fullback now. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like Christmas again. 
Um, Roberts was the probably I don't want to be horrible to him and say he was the poorest player on the pitch, but you know he, he struggled a lot. Um, it's funny. I felt that. I felt that too. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was surprised that there was a. I read a lot of people saying he had an excellent first half, and and I, I kind of saw it a little bit differently. I felt as though the the difference between him and what is required to play in this city t- team felt really obvious watching him play. If that makes sense, because the things that you know he can do well, he yeah. did well, but it's all the other stuff that you felt like he just. Wrong decisions, wrong positioning, wrong pass. I don't know. I'm, I, again, I don't want to. I don't want to criticize him. I don't want to slag him off. He's a young player, got loads of potential, could potentially play for, for for City one day. But just judging by that forty-five minutes, yeah, I, I felt he was maybe the furthest behind of the young players. You're not wrong, um, but they could be you know different ideas about why that is. I mean, it could just literally be that. Um, he's come back maybe not as you know not as sharp as everybody else because don't forget for him this is like a whole new. The thing is with um, some of the youth players, you know they're constantly playing this type of football. He's just come back from Celtic, which don't play our type of football necessarily. Um, so he's got like a bit of that in mind. Um, and I mean his first touch did let him down at a few times, but again, I don't think there's any any reason to be uh like negative towards him for what for essentially what it was, you know what I mean? Um yeah, I'd say he was the worst of the young players, let's just put it that way. But he didn't have a what you would call like a really bad game. No, um, not at all. Foden, well, superstar performance from Foden. Uh <laughs> Pep Guardiola's press conference, uh and everybody should go and watch it if they can. I'm sure you'll find it on YouTube. Uh, in fact, tweet me if you don't know where, and I'll send you a link. And um, you can watch it in full. And when he was asked about Foden, it's my favourite thing from this whole match. Funnily enough, was his reaction in the <laughs> um, in the press conference afterwards, where he was talking about um, it. It wasn't just the words that he used where he said, "Oh, this is." Uh, uh, although he, one thing was funny um, when he said, "Well, how do you feel about his debut?" And he said, "Well, you know." I'm not lucky that I've got Foden. You guys are lucky. You're lucky that you have seen his first ever performance. Do you know what I mean? In like a city shirt for the first team. Um, but he looked like a, a kid in the candy shop. You know what I mean? He, he was super excited. He, he was, he was, um, he, he was physically excited. Like he was almost jumping up and down in his seat when he was talking about him. Uh, and it was well-deserved. Foden was, I mean the the way he floated around. It, it, I mean, it looked like he's been a you know a first team player for donkey's years. It, it, he's got a shockingly good amount of intelligence, uh, footballing intelligence, and in particular in finding space and the way that he moves his body. I mean, this is nothing new to anybody who's seen him at youth level. You know, this kid is is the real deal. Um, I know that uh, Steve, who does a steam company, I know that he's a. Uh, He's been extremely high on Foden since he was about 14 or something mad like that. But yeah. Steen knows. Steen knows. Steen knows. He, he's, he's, uh, he's got them all down. He's got them all on a list. You know what I mean? And he knows every <laughs> single one of them. And he's always picked Foden and said, this kid's going to make it. And I don't think that that performance would uh, you know, count against him in any stretch. I don't know whether he's going to be in the first team next season. Although Guardiola did say, well, maybe we'll keep him around the squad. But He's put a marker down, and that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see pre-season. You want to see the kids come on 
and put a marker down and say, all right, just remember that I exist. Let me play devil's advocate for just one moment. Um, We often see kids, quote unquote, put a marker down in the summer only to disappear uh, once the season begins. Do you think Foden did enough to maybe... So what I'm trying... If the plan was he'll train with the first team next season, maybe the odd League Cup game, if there's an opportunity, we'll throw him in. Has he maybe elevated himself one level above that? No. Uh, Well, not in my opinion. What I think he has probably done is he's now uh, said to Guardiola, I'm not a joke. You know what I mean? He's now said to Guardiola... Pit me against Madrid, or you know, uh, keep me in mind for any potential Burnley place. But the thing is, he's not done enough in one game because you can't. It doesn't matter if you would have scored five goals and like rip the whole team apart. You can't do enough in one game when you're a young player. You've got to like you know build it. So think of it as like a brick in the wall. You know what I mean? This is just a a quick, a, a very strong, nice brick in the wall, just to say, remember that I exist because that's that's the challenge of young players making the manager think of you when he's going through his problem-solving routines in his head. Mm, okay. Um, in terms of, I just want to touch upon sort of th- three or four things that stood out for me. Uh, as as you mentioned, uh, I thought Walker was incredible and not just in that we've got a right-back who can sprint, uh, but in that he looks fit. Mm. It bearing in mind that United are ten days ahead of us and two ninety-minute preseason games ahead of us uh, in their in their kind of fitness planning, he looks fit already. Um, he seems to have slotted in him and Vinny on that right-hand side looked tough, man. It looked, yeah. you know, it looked really robust. He didn't, it didn't really feel like anybody was getting around him or getting past him. Um, we did, I didn't actually mention Vinny, and I did mean to. In the, um, I'm coming to him next. Yeah, I, I was, I was very surprised, but very pleasantly surprised yeah. with how alive he looked. If you know what I mean, this guy looked, uh, as you say, not only did he look up for it on the pitch, um, as far as like the competitiveness, which was like lacking in a lot of other players in the team I felt but um, he was he was wired into it you know what I mean he, he saw everything coming uh, some of the interceptions that he made were excellent uh, he had a nice battle with uh, Lukaku um, at the early early stages of the game and um, yeah uh, it will be big for us if we keep him fit um, and well, he looks like he's fit already if you know what I mean that's what I was going to say that for me the, the huge thing about watching Vinny last night was that Vinny looks ready for the season to start tomorrow. He looks fit. He looks fitter than he's looked in two or three years. Um, he looks sharper than he's looked in two or three years. And for me, the the key thing is that one of the things that had maybe crept into his game in the last two years, and whether that's because of injuries or a psychological thing, whatever it was, is this, I always felt that there was this kind of desperation that had crept into his defending wasn't there last night. He looked very much like the guy in the 11-12 season where he's just at ease with being the boss of that back line and he's at ease with whatever's being thrown at him. And there's a, it was huge for me. The, the, the kind of, 
individually, Walker and Vincent, their, their performances were, were huge. And then collectively, the two of them together, the way it locked that that side down was um, was really, really impressive. Um, just pushing forward, I think that everybody that got on the pitch, bearing in mind they've only been training for a few days, um, was their first game. Everybody looks fit. Not like match fit, but it's not like last summer where there's going to need to be a fat camp and That's there's going to need shot. to be yeah. there's, there's going to need to be a a re-education of of players in terms of how their fitness should be. It looks like everybody's turned up in absolutely the right nick. Maybe with the exception of Nasri, but you can never tell with Nasri like you know how fit or do you know he's what I mean? Got he's got a always, weird body, Nasri, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> he's got a weird gait to him as well. Yeah. It just you can't tell whether he's. He reminds me weirdly enough a little bit of uh, uh, Raquel May. In mm. that you can't really tell whether he's a bit chubby or he's a bit wide or if it's just like I don't know what it was, but um, he, he just you know he's got that kind of um, what 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 was the cliche that you see is the the bulldoggy the bulldog physique or something like that where he just looks weird in 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 he's like he's obviously like a wide lad and everything but you can never tell or he's he's you know he's wide for his height but you can never tell whether look at him whether he's like a stone overweight or he's just ripped underneath Spot it. Do you know what I mean? You, you just Spot never on. get it. Um, so Listen, yeah, do you think he could stay? That. No. Right. I mean, I was going to mention this in the second half stuff. Um, now, oh, just for the people who didn't actually watch the match and using this as a catch-up, the United fans booed Sterling in like oh, the US. Dear. And I was yeah, like, yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. Oh, why has he offended you? What's up with you? Because well, rags are rags no matter where in the world they are. Oh, mate, it's rubbish, that. Huh? But, uh, yeah, so uh, going on to the second half, um, there was a few subs. Um, Otamendi came on, Stones came on, Nasri came on, Sane came on, and... Diaz came on. Diaz for Roberts, thank you, yeah. Um, and Jesus for Aguero. Uh, yeah, shout, yeah, Jesus came on as well. Anyway, so... It was a bit, uh, Samir Nasri is one of the best players at the club and he has always been one of the best players at the club. The problem is he doesn't seem to want to be a top player. And, uh, it's, I, I can, Mancini's quote where he said, uh, I'm pretty sure he said he could punch him or something one day. I felt like that was, that's like kind of my attitude towards him as well in that every Pre-season, early season, you know, we always like to look at Nasri and think, right, this is his year where he's really going to be that top player again. He's going to be key. And like, you know, these little moments of brilliance. And there were moments of brilliance in that second half from Nasri. Um, but it's how many false dawns can you have, you know, before you start thinking, ah, well, maybe not. Reliability, uh, or sorry, not so much reliability, but consistency is what separates the good and great. Lionel Messi isn't the best player in the world because he's technically the best player in the world. He's the best player in the world because he's consistently scoring, he's consistently assisting. If you score yeah. 10 goals in one game, then nothing for 10 games. It's pointless. Yeah. Um, and that's what Nasri's problem has been for a long time. 
Nasri has never had a talent problem and he still doesn't have a talent problem. Um, he's phenomenally good on the ball and I think that he could play centre mid for us. He could play in that 3-8 role in um, uh, rotating with Kev. Not so much the silver one, but rotating with Kev. Uh, where, like, you know, he drifts in and out and um, he's like the passer of the two, if you know, the more direct passer of the two. Um, not so, and like, you know, he rotates possession. That's a Nasri role. He could do that in a pep team. Absolutely no problem. He just doesn't seem to want to, which is so disappointing. If I was Guardiola, I'd be pulling, pulling my hair out with Guardiola. But you know what I mean? Yeah. If I was Guardiola, I'd be so frustrated with him um, just because he's throwing it away. And it's the worst thing in the world to watch someone do. It's just being happy to be a B plus when you could be an A star. You know what I mean? See, I don't even think he's a, I don't even think he's a B plus. I think that's, I completely agree with your assessment. hundred percent. I think it's all in his head. It's all down to his own attitude. He's got all the talent and by all the talent, I mean, he's got it between the ears. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like it's one thing to have the, the technical ability to, to, to pull the thing to, to, to be able to do things. It's another thing to have the intelligence to be able to operate within Guardiola's team to know, and not just Guardiola's team, to be able to play with the intelligence with which he's played throughout his career. Nasri has that. He just can't be arsed. That, certainly that's the impression that I've always gotten from him because he's a guy who, when he wants to take a game by the scruff of the neck, he'll, you know, Roma away in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. He decided that night, this is my game and I'll run it. And that's exactly what he did. And more or less... When he decides, I'm going to run a game, that's what he does. Yeah. By all accounts, that's what he did at Sevilla as well. That in, in the, the in early the, days. Yeah. yeah, in the first half of the season, he decided that he was going to be their best player. And that's what he was. And then Drip Doctors happened and... Oh, yeah, forgot all about that. Uh, <laughs> I bet he hasn't. But, yeah, um, I bet he hasn't. <laughs> no, that, it's, it's that thing where... You don't want him in your squad just because, obviously, first of all, he sets a bad example for people around him. Um, well, when we've got like the Fodens and the Roberts and the Garcias and all these other lads who are going to go off around or stay in the squad, you know, that, 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 that level of player that we all know about who were just underneath the first team. Um, when we've got all them, they need high-quality role models. I've actually, we were going to have a discussion about Yaya Torre very, very, very early on in like, oh, like post-season almost, where I said we shouldn't give him a contract. But I was thinking about this over the last couple of weeks or months or whatever it is, and I thought, what better... what better role model is there? You know what I mean? What, what, like, like the grandfather of the, uh, the team almost. I know Vieira did a similar role when he came in for us under under Mancini and Lescott uh, after the FA Cup win was talking about how important he was just because you could watch him in, in training and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And that he was professional. He wasn't out like all over the place in the press all the time. You know, he, he was just focused on his game and... Uh, that sort of character, or unlike, you know, the David Silvers and people like Foden and Silver seem to be building a nice relationship, which is heartwarming to say the least. But um, having those type of players around is what you need. And the Nasri's are the type of players who will kind of drift them away and we'll say, hold on, he's a top player. He's probably on 150 grand a week. And he, you know, he turns up 30% of the time. So, I mean, no one thinks like that, but you know what I mean? It sets like a, a mental standard in the brains of people. Um, and it's not just that, but I mean, I couldn't have him in my squad personally just because he'd annoy me so much. It'd just be, 
you'd want to play him. He's one of those players who would, you'd sit and think, I want to play him today. And then because you remember the brilliance and forget the average, because that's just now how we work as humans. Absolutely. So you need to get rid of him just because he he, he messes up your decision-making processes. You know what I mean? Mm. Listen, what what else did you take from that second half? Did you take anything from that second half? Well, anything else? Say, out for you? Yeah, that's what I mean. To say it was a it, it was a bit dull would be giving it airs and graces. It doesn't deserve to be honest. The second half I thought was quite poor um, and uneventful to say the least. Yeah. I would say that. Uh, obviously, there was a couple of mistakes by Stones, but they were concentration-based errors. Um, Can I just say, I'm, I was disappointed with that. I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to dig in at Stones, but I think this is an enormous season for John Stones, the footballer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw, for example, De Bruyne struggled last season. He, he, had, he had real patches where it looked like he couldn't pass the ball five yards. He seemed to be mentally at least ready for preseason. Whereas with Stones, I just felt a little bit like he looked maybe like he was still a bit on the beach or mm. I don't know. There was something there that sort of made me go. The difference between having Vincent Company in the back line in the first half and not having him in the back line in the second half was the difference between the team that won the title in 11-12 and the yeah. team from last season. It's just, it's night and day. It's beyond, I wish there was a, a metaphor that I could use that was more extreme than night and day because it's so mental how how much stability Vinny brings and how much instability conversely is there, is there when he's not there. And for Stones, it's just obvious he needs a partner next to him and Otamendi just ain't well, that guy. I mean, I've discovered something like about myself almost with with John Stones. You can't trust my opinion on John Stones. You can't because John Stones to me represents more than just a football player. Do you know, know what I mean? I and it's and we've had these discussions previously, and I'm not going to have them on the podcast because we're going for six hours otherwise. But John Stones to me represents um, a cultural shift in English football and uh, English football development. And if he were to make it. And I mean, really make it as in the, the PK and Puyol level make it and was to become one of the top defenders on the planet um, with the game that he has currently, it would be a seismic shift in how a lot of people in grassroots football look at defending. So I have a vested interest in it almost in that I want him to succeed so much that I'd defend him to the hilt. I understand. Um, and it's one of those things where I was thinking to myself with this... Um, with the lack of concentration, I was thinking, well, it's pre-season. Everyone's got a lack of concentration. And, you know, Edison had his moment where, again, if you didn't see the game, uh, Edison saved four shots on the bounce uh, and then ran out. Oh, actually, and then r- just ran out of the area. And that's how Lukaku's goal came about. But I, I want to mention something there as well, in that, um, in my opinion, Pep would have been delighted with Edison today. Because um, he ran out, completely blew it. Uh, Lukaku went through and like scored on an open net. And then in the second half, the same situation occurred and he ran out again. And this time he got the ball. uh, And then, you know, kind of. And when I say he ran out, I mean, as you know, he ran 25 yards out. You know what I mean? Like that whole sweeper-keeper thing. But I think Pep would have been delighted because he's constantly said about his keepers in the past that 
it's the bravery that he, he requires in the keeper, the belief in how to play the game and to keep doing it no matter what. That's something that he mentioned a lot last season, in, in retrospect of Stones as well. And um, yeah, he looked, uh, he looked fine. You know what I mean? There was no, um, there was a bit of an argument that maybe he could have done better on the second, uh, but I thought that was very, very harsh. Um, obviously, he fluffed the first, uh, but someone on Blue Moon Forum said, uh, well, all new keepers have errors in them like when they first join. So that's his error out of the way. So now he's going to be the world-class keeper. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. That'll do Absolutely. for me. Um, oh, actually, one more thing on the second half, just before we finish with it. Um, Mangala came on at left back. Now, I put on this on Twitter. I said, Mangala, he's playing centre-back at left back. In the, he, he was literally playing, and go and watch this because it's hilarious. It really is quite funny when you go and watch him. But he was playing like he was playing centre-back, just a bit shifted over the pitch. Um, and Otamendi was screaming at him saying, you've got to get forward. You can't just stand, you know, with us. Um, and he just didn't seem to get it. Um, although he did like... Um, was it a Croatian he did or something? Where he beat it was someone? brilliant. It, it was amazing. He did, he did. He did. I was just. I was, it was just nice to see him because I. I you know. I like him. He's not. He's yeah. not going to play for City, but I like him. You know. He, he maybe just because of his debut against Chelsea, but I've always had like a soft spot for him. So even if he is going to go. It's cool, man. Seeing him at left back, see that Cruyff turn that he did was just like, I was like, I was on my feet, mate. <laughs> Four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, I'm on my feet going, go on, lad. I just thought it was funny. I just, I mean, you know, it's quite disrespectful that we're laughing because it's like, we're laughing at a, a City player just for being competent. But it was funny because, as I say, he didn't seem to understand that left backs have to play the channels. Do you know what I mean? He just like, Played at centre line. He was moving up and down with the defensive line. I'm sat thinking, was it? Has he ever watched the player next to him and think, where's he gone? You know what I mean? It, 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 it was crazy. It was really funny to watch. Um, oh, what was the last thing that I wanted to mention, actually? Yeah, there was a bit of a mix up with the subs. I don't know what the rules are there, but um, like a lot of people came on and then the commentators on um, my fully legitimate TV channel that I paid for. Um, we're, saying, <laughs> <laughs> we're saying, oh, well, this player wasn't even on the subs bench. They're not allowed to do that. And like, apparently, like we were just, uh, Jesus wasn't announced as a sub or something like that, but he came on. Um, ah, okay. And that sort of stuff. So I'm not sure what the rules are there, but, you know, we'll probably get 500 million for that. Um, Zinchenko came on last and it's, it's weird that we keep you. We used him last preseason as well, a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I don't know why we're using him because we've obviously, like you know, got other people who could have gone there. Uh, I think Silver was knocking around. Oh no, Silver picked up a groin injury. No, Sil- Silver's yeah. got a groin injury, which I suspect is why he got the nod there because Gundogan's not quite ready yet. Mm, yeah, maybe it was just that. I was thinking, you know, maybe Jesus could play in coming in from there as well. He went off for. Um, for uh, Foden when Foden went off it was in Chico yeah. came on yeah, yeah yeah that's right and I was thinking well you know we could have moved things around there but it, it, um, yeah I wonder if like you know we've got a plan for him or he's just going to be another um, what was it Bruno Zuccolini uh, he I think he's got talent I think I think Zinchenko's got talent I think it's just more a question of 
where, where what the level of that talent is as he develops. Um, I don't think that, for example, you know, there's some players that you sort of go, yeah, almost 100%. He's never going to play for City. We're just going to flip him. We'll yeah. buy him. He'll, we'll loan him out and we'll flip him. Zinchenko, I just don't think it's 100%. And maybe there might be a little bit of the fact that I was really excited about signing last summer, so I don't want to, you know, come to terms with the fact that he's probably never going to play a, yeah. <laughs> a competitive first-team game. But me, I've still got a tiny little bit of hope. Um, look, mate, listen, I want to wrap this up because I don't want to make this too long. Yeah, we're, no uh, we're, 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 we're getting towards the end. Just very quickly, um, what, are you, what are your hopes for the, um, for the Madrid game next week, other than other than them not tonking us? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, don't get embarrassed is probably the number one thing because they are a very, very good team and there's a second game in pre-season. That is a challenge. Um, I'd like to see I'd like to see Foden again. I'd like him to uh, get the hour uh, plus. Um, that would be... That would not just be good for Foden, but, and I know this sounds a bit far-fetched, but that would be good for Sancho as well. Sancho needs to see Foden get a, do, have a decent game and then play the next game. And Guardi will say, point. go for it. Brilliant um, point. So that's important. Uh, oh, shall we see? I, I'd like to see Mendy uh, or a uh, another left back. <laughs> a real uh, left back would be uh, nice. Yeah, someone who's not Fernandinho. And I love Fernandinho. Um, <laughs> and he, he can play everywhere on the pitch. And he's brilliant in that. You know, he's in a, he's an old school utility player almost. In that he's so intelligent that he he, he can literally play anywhere from basically striker backwards. Uh, it's, you know, I'd probably stick him in net if Bravo wasn't going to do any well last season. But uh, he's not a left back, and I think that it would be nicer to see him in the IR role. Uh, I'd like to see uh, Gundogan ready if he's going to be ready. Uh, I'd like to see him maybe in the IR role. Uh, I don't think we need another IR tour a performance in preseason, to be honest with you, uh, until mm-hmm. after the America tour. Uh, hopefully, I'd like to see Silver on Wednesday because that's a bit of recovery time, and I don't know how bad this groin injury is supposed to be. Um, so, if he like had a few minutes, uh, what else? Um, I suppose that's about it, really. Uh, apart from that, same team uh, play attacking football I, I don't think we created enough against United and I'd like us to remedy that a bit I'd like us to create a bit more against Madrid uh, go for the jugular somewhat I think it's important for us as a club that we don't we don't go to America and kind of disrespect the fans there by just not turning up almost uh, mm. I think that they've got to have some form of commitment they should be attacking they should play the city way that they play at the etihad basically they should play like that in america you'd think guardiola will expect that yeah demand think that. so yeah so um okay awesome um paul thank you very much thank you um to everybody who listened thank you very much remember um once the season begins our review shows uh both after the weekend games and the Champions League games and domestic cup games will be part of our 9320 player service. Uh, Go to 9320.com. There's also a link at the top of our Twitter page. You get all the information that you need from there. Uh, In the meantime, as always, thank you for listening and we'll be back very soon with another podcast.